0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 14, Relationship Skills Level 4. This episode is the last in our series on the four levels of relationship skills. But before we dive into this topic, I want to share some listener responses to our podcast that have been coming in since we started at the end of November 2018. On December 19th, a listener wrote, Hi, John. I just wanted to let you know how much I enjoyed the last two podcasts, specific to joy. It made so much sense to me. Then on December 24th, another listener wrote, Hello, John. Your message is timely for me this season, and I very much appreciate your appreciation of the women in your life. Thank you. I think that was in response to the episode I did on my on my mother-in-law, uh, The Gift of a Background Relationship. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. Then on Christmas Day, December 25th, We had a listener write in to say, just wanted to let you know that I have enjoyed listening to the first five podcasts and was impressed with the professionalism of its production. Well, that goes to Carol. She's been doing a great bang-up job with all of this. He went on to say, I particularly liked episode number five, The Gift of Joy, part one. Haven't listened to part two yet. And that came from a listener in Iowa writing on Christmas Day. And finally, the last one I'll read uh, came on December 28th, and it comes from a missionary serving in a a creative access country in in the Mideast. And this missionary wrote, The days of December have whisked by with preparations and then carrying out about seven major events in my home, work at the orphanage, and one-on-one visits. Because of that, I have missed episodes four through seven but I'm taking a day off today to rest and regroup. Tomorrow is the last outreach for us in December. I will have the great joy of listening to all of them today, all of the podcasts, that is. Thank you for your faithfulness. Oh, and this last sentence just grips me. I feel like you are my pastor. What, a, what an honor. What a, what a responsibility. Um, I was deeply touched by that, and I so appreciate this, this listener. I have more responses that I'll share next week. I would love to hear from more of you about what you find helpful and meaningful from the podcast. Not for my benefit, but more as an encouragement to the community of listeners to the podcast that is slowly developing. Okay, back to the topic of today's show. It was just last week a listener ran into my wife Janet and was talking to her about this series on relationship skills. She commented something along the lines of, I'm not sure which of the relationship skill levels is most characteristic of me. Maybe you're wondering the same thing. It's a useful question to consider because it will help us know how far we have to go to get to the top level of relationship skills, which is the focus of today's episode. Here are a few questions we can ask ourselves to determine the level of our relationship skills. In thinking about my relational difficulties, Does the thought ever occur to me that perhaps the source of these difficulties might be me? Do I notice that I'm lacking some basic relational skills? Am I even aware that relationships are a problem for me? Now, if you answered no to any of these questions, you are at level one, the unconsciously unskilled level of relationship skills. If you answered yes to any of these questions, Congratulations because you are making progress. You are at level two of your relational development, consciously unskilled. You know you are making mistakes in your relationships, but you don't know what to do about it. If your lack of relational skills does not concern you and you accept the fact that this is just the way you are, this is where you will remain, consciously unskilled in your relationships. Your relational difficulties may be so troublesome that you resign yourself into thinking that things will probably never change, so why even try? On the other hand, if you want to change and want to get better at relationships, no matter how overwhelming some of them might be, you are well positioned to move up to level three, consciously skilled. You are at the consciously skilled level when you start to see progress in how you relate to others. You are not perfect by any means, and the progress may be slight, but in some areas you see real growth in how you relate that is different from how you have related to people in the past. You may be less critical and more willing to extend grace. You may let others talk more than you when you're with friends. You may ask people to clarify more what they mean rather than your natural tendency to make assumptions. You may have always been a good listener and you want to continue to nurture this skill. If any of this is true for you, you are at Level 3, Consciously Skilled. As good as it is to be at Level 3, there's an even higher level of relationship skill. Level 4, Unconsciously Skilled. This is where you are skilled at relating with people and you're not even aware of it. It's woven into the fabric of your character. It's who you are. You may not have always been this way, but over time, relating well with people has become second nature to you. You're kind without thinking about it. You give people the benefit of the doubt as a matter of course. You see your own pride and selfishness rearing its ugly head from time to time, and you take action to squelch it. You discern the motives of people without being judgmental. Compassion for others comes naturally for you. If any of this is true, you are unconsciously skilled. The $64,000 question is this, well, how do I become unconsciously skilled in my relationships? The answer to this important question is that it starts with what I mentioned in episode 13 about level three of relationship skill development. In that episode, I said that to become skilled in our relationships, means to listen to three different sources of relational wisdom. Listen to ourself, listen to others, listen to God. When we pour our energies and focus into listening to these sources of relational wisdom, especially listening to God, when we do this well and do it often over time, like any other skill we practice, in time our relational skills will improve to the point They're embedded in the DNA of our character. But it takes time and a desire to want to improve our relational skills. We have to want to. This want to is what I mentioned in episode 10, two features of every good relationship. Listening to self, for example, is for the purpose of creating a feedback loop to alert us to mistakes we make in our relationships. From this, we can take steps to correct them. For example, do you ever wonder if you talk too much when you're with friends? I do. I can usually tell when I replay a conversation in my mind and I realize later that I didn't learn what was happening in the lives of my friends. I took up all the airtime so they couldn't talk. I'll try harder next time to let others have the floor. You know, the more we practice self-editing and self-monitoring, we can, over time, become more unconsciously skilled in our relationships. Listening to others, particularly writers and speakers, and putting into practice what they teach is a great source of wisdom. Here's just one example. I find myself applying some of the things I've learned in Cal Newport's book, So Good They Can't Ignore You, Why Skills Trump Passion in the Quest for the Work You Love. It's a great book on the importance of skills and the relative unimportance of passion. He talks about developing, quote, a craftsman mindset where you focus relentlessly on what value you're offering the world. This stands in stark contrast to the much more common passion mindset, which lets you focus on what value the world is offering you. Newport's focus in his book is on developing career skills that are valued in the marketplace. But the principles he discusses applies just as much to our relationship skills. I hadn't thought about this until just now, so one could say I was unconsciously skilled in learning from the wisdom and experience of others. Now, as helpful as it is to listen to ourselves and to listen to the wisdom of others, the most fulfilling and exciting means to becoming unconsciously skilled in our relationships is to frequently listen to God. I'll close with a story of how a couple of my friends were unconsciously skilled in caring and relating to me. Hopefully, it will encourage you so that you too can become unconsciously skilled in your relationships. I call this my balloon story. I write about it extensively in a memoir I wrote in 2016 entitled, Them, The Richer Life Found in Caring for Others. I'll put a link to it in the show notes, as well as a link to the Cal Newport book I referenced earlier. That was called So Good They Can't Ignore You. My balloon story begins when I was about 10 years old on a hot summer day in July. On this particular day, all my friends were outside playing baseball, and that was where I really wanted to be. But instead, I was confined to my bedroom because I needed to practice a musical instrument I had taken up. It was the accordion. I mean, who takes accordion lessons anymore? I think, that, I think it's making a comeback, actually. But nobody I knew was playing the accordion, but I was when I was 10 years old. Anyway, uh, my mother apparently got tired of me grousing about practicing. And so she came into the bedroom and sat down on my brother's bed across from me and told me something that would change my life forever. She began by telling me that my dad had paid a lot of money for this accordion and that the least I could do was to stop whining and practice playing it. And her exact words were were this, And besides, he really didn't have to buy you that accordion because he's not your real father. She told me my natural father left before I was born, but that a year and a half later she married my stepfather who later adopted me when I was five. For the next 10 years, I wondered about my birth father and wanted to know more of what happened. But I was always afraid to bring up the subject. One day when I was 20 and home from college, I asked my mother in front of my dad, Hey, Mom, remember when I was 10 years old and you told me dad was not my natural father? I was wondering whatever happened to my... And then my stepfather quickly jumped up and forcefully interrupted with, he was a truck driver and was killed in a car accident. And that's all we're going to talk about this. Wow. For the next 20 years, I I wondered now and then about this, especially around the time of my birthday, which was always a difficult time for me. While visiting my parents one day, I summoned up the courage to talk to my mother about this again this time alone. My dad had had a stroke by that time and spent most of his days in a wheelchair watching TV, and he was hard of hearing, and he couldn't hear what was going on in the next room. So anyway, I was talking with my mom, and and she confirmed what my stepfather had said 20 years earlier, and she added a few details, such as the fact that my birth father was married at the time I was born and had uh, several children in Indiana and that he did not contribute to my support or my mother's so she had to work two jobs to support both of us until she married my stepfather there was no mention of his being killed as i was told at age 20. so with a few other sketchy details my mother gave me i decided then at age 40 i would try to track down my birth father something told me they were not being truthful with me 20 years earlier about his death and that he may still be alive. During the time when I was dealing with all this, I told a few friends what I was doing, and one couple in particular showed interest and concern. I recall one night, uh, this couple and my wife and I went out to dinner, and as they inquired about my search, I started to cry in the middle of the restaurant. Thankfully, it was a dark restaurant, But as I told what I was doing, along with the stories of my abusive childhood, the weight of it all just kind of crashed down on me, and I broke out in tears. The message, I never should have been born, kept replaying over and over in my mind and in my heart. Well, in spite of my display of emotion, uh, our friends still wanted to meet, and, and that's what we did every six to eight weeks, and we'd go out for dinner, and the scene from our first uh, dinner meeting uh, replayed itself all over again. Uh, no one knew what to do with me. My, my wife was scared, my friends were uncomfortable, and I was a mess. Yet we, yet we scheduled another d- dinner get-together, and I was resolved I wasn't going to talk about this. Uh, I dropped my wife, Janet, off at the door of the restaurant, parked the car, and walked in. As I approached the table where my wife and our friends were seated off in the corner in a dark place, it was wise that they picked a dark place, uh, I noticed something that startled me and took my breath away. Uh, Attached to my chair was a helium-filled Mylar balloon that read, Congratulations, it's a boy. And on my place setting, they had a card for me. And the card read, "Uh, baby is a gift of love. And on the inside they had written, it's a boy. Congratulations, we are so happy that you were born. And they signed it love, Brad and Kathy. With these few words and the balloon, these two dear friends uh, entered into my depression over my origins. I was unsure of where God was in all this. But when I saw that balloon and read their card, something happened inside of me. My depression lifted and a sense of peace filled my soul. I am convinced as much as I am about anything that this gesture on their part came right from God. I felt my friend's presence and God's presence at the same time. Something was lifted that night that I shall never forget. Now, I still struggle with my origins from time to time, but not nearly to the depths as as I did before uh, two friends entered my struggle with me. And I know it was really Jesus who used my two friends to raise me out of the pit I was in. Weeks later, I asked Brad and Kathy what prompted them to give me the balloon and card. And their response was something along the lines of, I don't know. It was just something we thought God might use to help you. They were unconsciously skilled in relating with me because of their relationship with God. They listened to God and acted accordingly. I can't think of a better example of unconsciously skilled relationships than this particular episode in my life. Maybe you have some too. I bet you do. I'd like to hear about them. As I mentioned, I wrote about this in my book, Them, I ended up tracking my birth father down, and that alone would be a a couple of episodes on what all happened with that and what came out of that, and I actually, actually met him. And if you're interested, you could read about it in the book or just wait till I do a podcast about it. Before I close, here's the main takeaway from today's episode, our show in a sentence. The more we monitor ourselves, learn from the wisdom of others, and listen to God, the more unconsciously skilled we'll become in our relationships. Well, how can you respond to today's show? One suggestion I have is to start with devoting just the next five days to applying one or more of the principles we've been talking about the past few episodes. Be very intentional about listening to yourself, listening to others, and listening to God, and and just see what happens. Well, coming up next week, I'll be reading more listener responses to our podcast so far, and I'd love to hear from you about how the podcast is helping you. By sharing your response, it will hopefully encourage others in transforming their relationships into the best they can be. You can leave your thoughts in the comment box in the show notes below, or you can send an email to me, john at caringforothers.org, and you can also private message me in Facebook. In addition to sharing listener uh, comments next week, we'll also look at some concrete and practical things we can do to deepen our relationships with others. And now here is our quote of the week. It's a very short one. We were together, I forgot the rest. Comes to us from Walt Whitman, the very famous 19th century American poet. Let me say that again. We were together... I forgot the rest. I just love this quote. Talk about being unconsciously skilled. Imagine this group of people. Imagine what was going through Whitman's mind when he penned this. We were together. I forgot the rest. Nothing mattered more than just being with people, with being people that I would assume that he loved, that he cared for. And nothing else mattered. He forgot the rest because the thing that was most important was being with the people that he loved. We were together, I forgot the rest. I think we should put that quote on a building or someplace. It deserves more publicity. We were together, I forgot the rest. I know, I think I'll have it put on my tombstone. That would be a good place for it. Well, that's it for today's show. It's always good to know you're listening in. I hope you find this podcast helpful. And if you haven't already done so, please hit the subscribe button in whatever podcast player you use. That way you'll know when each new weekly episode goes live. That's all for now. Have a great rest of your week, and we will connect again next time.